This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 82. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one pan-fried minute at a time. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And joining us this week is our friend and guest, Ben Simpson. Hello. Let's get on with this minute because there's more... 
food. Minute 82 starts with Johnny cooking a great steak, and it ends with Henry diving into a sack. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things in my life uh, that has made a great impact on me, that if somebody expresses their opinion upon pretty much anything, I will often respond to myself because no one knows what I'm talking about. Eh, an aristocrat. (laughs) Well, that actually ties into uh, my fun fact for the episode with Connor not being here this week. Wow. Uh, I'm stepping into the role. And here we're referring to uh, Johnny Dio, who in in, while in prison, another one of the mobsters in prison, used to fry the steaks in a frying pan. He used to stink up the joint something rotten. And he's in the, the aristocrat line is in reaction to Vinny wanting his steak made medium rare. Rare, medium rare. Correct. an aristocrat. So fun fact is that thanks to a survey of Americans, uh, 5% of Americans like their steak rare. 38% of, Ameri- uh, 38% of Americans like their steak medium rare. 31% get it medium. 17 prefer medium well. And only 8% get it well done. So what I'm hearing is that the tide has changed. Well, I'm still hearing that... Yeah. 68% of America, no, 62% of America is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in what direction? <laughs> Just any of them. <laughs> Medium rare is the correct choice. Yeah, so Vinny is not an aristocrat. Vinny's just right. Ben, how do you prefer your steak? I'm, I'm, I, Uh-oh. I'm one of those pain in the ass orderers where I want it somewhere between medium and medium rare. I don't want it purple. No, uh, if there were a concrete definition on medium rare, which I know there is, but not to most restaurateurs, but I want it. I want it. I want it pink and a little, a little bloody. But I don't want it looking like it was just carved off the cow. Okay, you don't want. It sounds like you actually want medium rare. You just don't. That's trust them in to theory, get it. yes. But there's more often than not, you get it and it's gross. You know, it's so you can't cut into it. Well, okay. Uh, let me ask you this: Given the choice of being over or underdone, you go. Let's under. assume. Okay. Well, okay. And let's assume that the char is correct on the outside either way. Right. Yeah. You, you, you yeah, you prefer under. You don't want you don't want bland meat. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just sounded more like Lord Michaels than anyone who's ever been on the show. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's <laughs> great. Well, because the, the thing is, is that like I don't understand. I mean, like I recently I had a steak that was unfortunately made well done. And it was just like, there's just no flavor here. It just says nothing. Ugh, I don't understand how people can do that. They just kill it. But, uh, yeah. That steak, that's good-looking steak. Those are ribeyes. Yep. When they when they show the cooler with the ice, and they're so nicely marbled and red, and, and just the, the thought of, of killing them. The thing, a pan is actually very good for that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is that he, Henry says that they stunk up the place. That has to be one of the best smelling cells in the history of prison. I don't know about that because too much, okay. too much beef in a pan, pan fried beef. That smell, when that smell gets in my hoodie and I smell it for days, I can't stand it. Yeah, you yeah but have a lot. You have a lot of older Italian men just yeah. walking around. Cigars. That's not, he's cooking. That's not these. smelling. That, that basil's there to cover up smell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, but even so, as far as it, prison cells go. I mean, yeah. you've been to Alcatraz, right? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I mean, that place hasn't been occupied in 40 years, and it still smells like urine. <laughs> so, you know, let's 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 you make that sure that sliding scale is where it should be. Yeah. So, so Josh, you made the reference to them opening the cooler when the, the prison guard delivers their delivery of, of lobsters, and Vinny uh, adds the lobsters to the cooler with the steaks. Sharp that is the lobsters are best. Exactly. Subtle callback. <laughs> 
<laughs> and kudos to them for having a, a, a really good, uh, there's a pasta course and a meat course. That's a good dinner. A meat or a fish. A meat or a fish. <laughs> it could be either. Well, my question is, who, who delivered the lobsters? Is that just a, just a hack? Just a guy? Yeah. And what does that guy think of himself? Like, at the moment that he goes and he picks up the lobsters and brings them in and drops them in the room and has to be polite about it. Well, so the, the question is that you've got... You've polite got a, to a man wearing socks and flip-flops, I'll, I'll remind you. Yeah. Well, I know that's a point for you. <laughs> Having been on the other side of those barbs, I, I see what you're getting at here. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, you've got to assume that the prison is getting a delivery of food on a weekly basis, maybe, right? Or, or however often they get food oh. deliveries. And at some point, someone's putting in a box of fresh lobsters. And then at some point, someone unloading it going, oh, you got to bring the lobsters to the, to the mobsters. Like, like what? That the, rhymes. The, it is. Best it is. rhyme ever. <laughs> goes to the mobster lobsters. What is the chain of, of flow to that? Like, how many people carried that box before it got to that guy? You know? Because it's not being smuggled in. It's being brought to them. Being delivered. Yeah. Like mail. Well, I have, a, I have a note on that. Listening to the commentary where Henry, Hill, where Henry Hill's talking, he talks about it costing them, I think he said something like two to 3000 a month just to keep this going. You know, food <laughs> yeah. and all of that. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not, th- these don't seem to be steaks falling off the back of a truck. Uh-huh. Right. Well, I mean, but they're still their truck, same guys. You know what I mean? Like they've got, they've got to have their guys bring them in. They're just paying them top dollar for it. Yeah, I think you uh, just pointed out the fact that we probably should have been listening to the commentaries all along. That's a good point too. <laughs> but let's not dwell on that. I think. I think what we should do is ignore that completely and go on as if it never happened. But so, while still addressing the point that you've made, uh, a note on uh, Johnny Dio, who's making the steak. Mm-hmm. So the uh, real person this is based on is indeed a mobster by the name of Johnny Dio. His birth name was Giovanni Ignazio Diogoardi. He also went by John Diogoard, but he was well known as Johnny Dio. He was born in 1914, I believe, or 1915, like around there. And his father was actually murdered in 1930 in a mob-related execution, which then led to his uncle introducing him to organized crime. He came up through the ranks in the Lucchese crime family, working in the garment district uh, labor racketeering. He actually worked, was a longtime associate in the, in the 50s with Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters. In 1956, he was indicted for planning the attack on the newspaper columnist Victor Racel, who was investigating the labor rackets. And the attack was uh, somebody threw a vat of acid on his face. And uh, apparently Johnny Dio was the mastermind of that. Those charges he didn't gain superpowers. <laughs> he no. didn't become Two Face. No, no, he just his face got burned really badly. Actually, <laughs> oh, well, that was before right. the '60s comics. Yeah, before, exactly. Actually. Yeah, this is 1956. This is during the Worth America. Yeah, no way. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it was hard water. Yeah, comics <laughs> joke. <laughs> there you go. So he was indicted for planning that attack, and eventually those charges were dropped. And then finally, in 1970, he began serving a sentence after being found guilty for bankruptcy fraud. And he served five years at Lewisburg Prison. And then almost to the day that he finished his sentence for bankruptcy fraud, he was found guilty for stock fraud and went right back to prison. And then he eventually died in 1979 at Lewisburg. So this is, you've got, he's, he's one of those elder gangsters who uh, ended his life while in prison. Having spent a lot of time in prison, it doesn't seem like he was very good at any of the criminal stuff. <laughs> Actually, he was pretty, <laughs> he was a pretty good, I mean, like, he didn't, he didn't go to prison until this 1970. He had a good run no. from 1930 to 1970. Bankruptcy fraud is interesting. Think about that, right? <laughs> I don't have any money. Yes, you do. It's right there. <laughs> okay. No, no, that's not, that's not my money. 
<laughs> I don't know whose money that is. You want to take it? It's not mine. It's no skin off my nose. Yeah. I really am upset that his bio and nowhere ended with Ronnie James Dio. Well, sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, but what's interesting is that the actor playing Johnny Dio is Frank Pellegrino, who also appeared in Copland, The Sopranos, and I know Josh's favorite movie, Mickey Blue Eyes. Featuring Hugh Grant and James Conn. I don't believe Kahn. I've seen that. Oh, I actually saw that at the theater. But he's actually one of the owners of uh, Rayo's, the very popular Italian restaurant in New York City and Vegas. There's a scene in, in, in that. Yeah. There's yeah. a scene in that restaurant in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. That is a well-known mob Italian-American hangout. And so, uh, once again, Marty's... Marty's I met that guy. He's in L.A. Really? I'm pretty sure that's... Like, there's, yeah. Oh. An aristocrat. <laughs> and, 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 and what, pray tell, scenario had you meet this guy? <laughs> he, like, hangs out at he hangs out at the Rayos in Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure. All right. I could be making that up, but uh, someone who was in a movie. We have I'm no way to sure check it. Is. Just go with it. That's how Henry Hill works. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, because they, they opened up in a, a Rayos in Hollywood a couple of years ago. Yep. I've never, having never been to the New York establishment, the one in L.A. is delightful. I've never been in the New York one, but I have bought their jarred sauce, and it's pretty good. It's like eight to ten bucks a jar, but it's it's really really Whoa. good. Yeah. By the way, I should point out that when we can't make sauce, we buy expensive jarred sauce. Because exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not you know you're not buying any of that ragu or prego shit. No. You're, you're, you're no. buying yeah. No. <laughs> the last the last sort of regular stuff I left off was Newman's own because I thought at least I was doing something good. It's very thick. Yeah. There's a, it's too thick. There's not, it's, not, it's not right. It's not, not the right so mouthfeel. Not so good. Not so good. And then finally, a little bit of real uh, real knowledge on prison. Uh, in, the, in the narration, Henry says that he the only problem with all this is that he missed Jimmy. Jimmy was serving his time in Atlanta. And Jimmy was at the federal penitentiary in Atlanta, which, while not nicknamed Mafia Row, was actually a very, very popular prison where uh, both Al Capone also served there. They, they just put Al Capone in every prison, I think. But also uh, Whitey Bulger from Boston, who was recently the subject of the movie Black Mass. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do remember it. <laughs> as, well as, as well as Frank Abagnale, who was the guy that Leonardo DiCaprio portrayed in the movie Catch Me If You Can. Remember that guy? Yep. Yes. As, as, well, as well as Carlo Ponzi, who is the originator of the Ponzi scheme in the 20s. Well. Wow. So, yeah, so there you go. That's lovely. There's your pr- there, there's Seems pr- like a white-collar kind of uh, establishment, which, where I ma- imagine a man like Jimmy Burke could have pretty much had his run of the place. Possibly. We, we don't know what Jimmy's stay in, in Atlanta was like. Well, I, have, I also have a note on this specific point, uh, which is different than your note. Yep. Basically, he says, the only thing that I missed was Jimmy. <laughs> it's the only thing. <laughs> so out of everything from his life of freedom... <laughs> He missed Jimmy the most. <laughs> well, they were friends. Well, and that, to be fair, that that connects back to something. And I don't know how much you guys talked about this earlier. When he says the only people who get who go to jail are ones that want to go to jail, we see his life with Karen getting worse and worse, and now he's in prison. Yep. Well, he's organized. <laughs> Those other guys aren't organized. That's the point. So yeah. I guess Jimmy wanted to get away from Mickey. Is what I'm hearing. Because he, of course, he would have, Henry would have learned organization from him. Exactly. Uh, but I go back to the point that they didn't choose to get, they did, this prison sentence broke the theory that only people go who want to get, who want to go. I don't think, I don't think Jimmy wanted to go. That would make Henry a liar. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Which would mean Karen was right about him because she called him a liar. <laughs> Not a lawyer. A liar. I, I, I like the long pan of the prison room that they're in, and you see Johnny Dio and Vinny working and laughing, and Paulie just sitting there in his bathrobe, drinking from a bottle with a handmade sign hanging from it that says, Paulie. 
I was hoping I, I was going to bring that up. I'm I'm glad, again something I don't think I had ever noticed. Never noticed prior. it before this week. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I had. I also noticed that. It's scotch, yeah. isn't it? Is it? Isn't that the scotch? Isn't that what is? Well, I don't want to get ahead too far, but isn't that what Henry's bringing him? Yeah, Henry oh, okay, brings right. more scotch. So it's not. Yeah, that we find well, out about that tomorrow. Kind of liquor. What's more important to me here is that Polly actually like they're all just talking, and Polly just rolls his eyes at them. And, like and, he's and stuck in there with children and a head shake, and yeah. a head shake, uh, eye roll, and a head shake. Uh, these, uh, the odds are again. Now I, I don't know what the I mean. So it's a brown liquid. It looks like Listerine, but it can't be mouthwash. What color is moonshine? Is it moonshine? Uh, I feel like, like moonshine is clear. Moonshine clear. is clear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. Paulie was like, I gotta make my own sign. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it is interesting that a man who communicated through this whole movie his <laughs> stature and and to be uh, for others to fear him with just a, a silent look uh, here he is resorted to making a little to basically putting a post-it on his lunch right but it's before post-its existed it, it hints it hints it's it's a much greater conversation that we never saw where the, everyone's drinking from it did you not know that this was my it's clearly my jar i have the biggest jar you guys know this is mine someone says well why don't you make a sign for it and then he did and that they don't have they don't have those materials lying around. That that well dressed man bringing in uh, crates of lobsters at one point had to bring a pad and paper, a pad of paper and pen for Polly to, to make tape. that sign. And 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 it's and it's the the sign is hanging from the neck of the bottle by what's clearly shoelaces. Uh-huh. I mean, this is truly prison. You know, these they are use <laughs> they use valuable material to do that, or at least Polly had deemed it so. I think this is a real sign of like sort of his his ebbing power. Yeah, this is the decline. This is the beginning I mean, of the he's decline. Put a, I mean, that's like that's like hanging signs outside of his territory. You don't want to do that. You need people to just know that that's yeah. your neighborhood. Yep. Don't touch the don't touch trucking in East New York. That's mine. But here he's wow. wow. That's yeah. it's so telling. It really that it's, it's detail. It just breaks everything down. <laughs> Our heroes are being destroyed. Well, I didn't call him a hero because he's a criminal. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It's <laughs> well, I do know what you mean, and that's why I'm definitely pointing out that that's not what I mean. Um, well, speaking of hero, uh, Henry emerges in what I believe is the first instance of a tracksuit. This, this is fairly huge, <laughs> right? <laughs> in terms of white urban American wardrobe moments. If you've spent any time at all in Queens, uh, you will understand that. The tracksuit is sort of paramount to male reputation there. And what you're seeing here is Henry introducing and I don't know if this was when it started. Well, yeah, I mean, well, well, what's interesting and and I actually have notes about the tracksuit specifically in that it's an Adidas brand tracksuit, which uh, the company Adidas was founded in 1924 in Germany. So there you go. All day I dream about <laughs> soccer. <laughs> I don't know if that works the same in Germany, yeah, but there it is. Know. I don't know either. But uh, yeah, the tracksuit more recently has been adopted by, uh, or conventional wisdom has been adopted by the Russians. But if you watch the Sopr- if you watch the Sopranos or lived in New York in the 1980s and 1990s, you saw that it was an Italian trend long before that. So. I'm going to go with 2000s also. <laughs> <laughs> Through at least 2011, I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> or Queen's pants, as I call them. Queen's pants. Yes. <laughs> I believe the Italian pronunciation is Adidas. <laughs> yeah, it is Adidas. In in in, uh, in in Europe and in uh, England, yeah. they say Adidas. Yeah. yeah. So it's a nice. Okay, you know what? No. How do you feel about the tracksuit? Me? 
Well, we've talked about all of his outfits from here on. Yeah. Is this I, is this just him? I'm gonna save. I'm gonna know what I'm gonna do. We're running out of time. I'm gonna uh, save my comments on his clothes until tomorrow because we had a close up and there's a detail I would like to discuss tomorrow. So that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring up one more point from this minute. Yep. They mentioned the skinny guard who's getting to be a real problem. Yes. Polly says we got to do something about him. Does he mean they should kill him? Well, no. But well, not only does he mean should we kill him, but then Henry goes, no, no, I took care of it. What did he do? <laughs> God, I really love everything that's going on in the background of this scene. These, all of these unsaid, unseen moments that build up all of this conversation. This oh, it's a rich tapestry. So, so is Paulie? I don't think Paulie's suggesting they kill him because that's too blunt. But is he suggesting they intimidate him somehow, or take care of him, or pay him off, or pay send him, him off? Send him some money. Take care of him. Right. Yeah. We take and care said, of you. You take care of us. And now Henry is a guy who takes care of things. What do you think he did? He took care of it. That thing. <laughs> How much is a good how much does a good prison guard go for these days and what is the currency conversion to 1970? Well, I'm going to assume <laughs> the 2 to 3000 dollars a month that, that that Ben talked about is all inclusive. Right. So well, that's a good point. I want is that I want oh is that period it have to be period specific. Right. So now it would be a considerably higher. Well, they've been bribing people their entire lives, so this is it just comes to second nature. It's operating right? operating schedule, operating yeah. Uh, budget. Yeah. Interesting. So. Ben, you have anything else to say on the minute? I will save my clothing comments for tomorrow. All right, I think that we we have two different clothing comments. <laughs> I think it's pretty exciting. So that is going to wrap up minute number eighty-two. Uh, listen tomorrow for uh, many thoughts on clothing for minute eighty-three. Until then, you can go to Twitter and check us out at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. If you would like to support the show directly, you'd say, I like what's going on here. I want to kick in a little bit, give you a little taste. You can go to Patreon.com slash GFM and kick in the weekly or monthly, I mean. I was going to call it the VIG, but that's actually not correct, and so I can't proceed that way. Or go to goodfellasminute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon, and we take, we take our little taste of there. Uh, if you have any questions, anything to note you want to write to us, email contact at goodfellasminute.com. I think that's it. That's all my ifs. That's all my hypotheticals there. You're going to want to listen on Friday when we, when we dole out our mob name uh, for our supporting Patreon. And so until then, goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. We have thoughts on clothes. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.